0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for That Paleo Show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill.
1: Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Steve Hayter. And I'm Brett Hill. And yes, we are again without the wonderful Sarah. She's off uh, saving the world, is the excuse I'll use this week. Uh, But we are joined by an entrepreneur, uh, a keynote speaker, and life coach, Adam Murphy, today. And Adam adopts a whole of life wellness approach with his clients to help them reach their goals and desires. And uh, we wanted to get Adam on the show today so we could pick his brains and understand a little bit more about the wellness principles that he uses with his clients uh, as a coach uh, to share with you guys and, uh, and give you some, some great value and an introduction into the life of a wellness coach. Uh, so welcome to the show, Adam.
2: Thanks very much. Glad to be here.
1: Uh, we're uh, happy to have you, mate. Now, um, we've heard a little bit about what you do. Can you tell us a little bit about your story and uh, what got you onto the path and, and perhaps the turning points for you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so really, this is one of my main stories that I speak about when I do my keynotes. And actually, I tell all my clients as well. And it all comes back from about in 2002, when I was back in year 12. I did a uh, vocation questionnaire test to determine what I'm going to do for the rest of my life as a career. And the test results came back as I was going to do something to do with helping people, whether it was going to be a doctor or a physio or something along those lines. And I was pretty excited about this. Uh, but when I went to tell my mates about it, they all laughed at me. Um, to give you a bit of context here, back when I was at school, I was quite overweight. So as a what a sixteen-year-old boy, I was sitting at about 135 kilos, and quite unhealthy. Always ate the rubbish sort of foods, didn't really do much movement or exercise. So when they found out I was going to help people in health, they laughed at me, they called me names, and really sort of put me right back down to. Uh, not thinking I was able to do that anymore. But that actually, when I went home that afternoon, quite upset about it all, I was laying in my bed and and looked down at my stomach and I just felt really unhappy about what I saw. It was just this mound of of belly fat sitting there. And I thought, I can either be depressed about this, be upset about it and let it defeat me and listen to those naysayers that said, Adam, you're never going to get there. Or... I can make a decision right here and right now and do something about it. So the story goes, I got off my bed, got on the floor, did 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, and 20, uh, 20 leg raises, did that every day, for, every day and night for a whole year, as well as changing a few things in diet, which I thought was good back then, and ended up losing 40 kilos. So that sort of really got me thinking, it's not that hard you know, changing your lifestyle, changing the way you think about yourself and the way you think about your future isn't that difficult. You just need to make a decision and then you can stem from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I've, I've actually seen you speak a couple of times, Adam, and it's, it's pretty inspirational stuff. And um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about... Um, your goals that you had with well, a little bit about your journey. So you you also, you told us that you did some push-ups and you did some sit-ups and some leg raises, um, but that kind of extrapolated itself, didn't it? What, what did that turn into?
2: Well, I guess at that point, I didn't know much about exercise. I mean, I was a keen basketballer. I was playing for about three basketball teams. Oh, um, all, that's all I knew exercise was, was running around a basketball court dribbling. And I thought there's got to be more to it than that, it wasn't really getting all the results I wanted so I took on this amazing thing called study (laughs) Um, and I just decided to look outwards and look uh, sort of outsource a little bit more about what else I can learn about the human body. So I went ahead and um, studied on nutrition, studied on exercise and movement and functional training and all the stuff that I'm sure Brett talks about and knows very well about and really started to implement that into my everyday, even incidental exercise. You know, instead of getting on the bus at that bus stop, I'd normally walk one bus stop further or get off the bus stop one stop earlier to walk a little bit more there as well. So it's just sort of finding things that worked within my current lifestyle because I wasn't willing to give up basketball. I wasn't willing to um, leave school. I wanted to find things that fit into my lifestyle that helped me get the life and the body and the energy and everything else that I wanted.
0: So, at that stage, Adam, when you decided obviously that you wanted to do something in health, you know, you said you considered doing, I guess, doctors and physios and all that sort of stuff. You decided that you wanted to study. I wonder, what were you like as a student prior to that time? Like, were you a good student? Was that a natural transition for you, or was that kind of a bit of a transition that other people may have been a bit surprised by?
2: It's actually a great question, something I haven't actually been asked before, so that's really cool. Um, The funny thing is, back in years 12, actually back in school in general, I was pretty much a terrible student. Uh, I never really did any homework. I didn't have any energy or drive to study. I really found the schooling for me at that point was quite boring, quite monotonous. Uh, It wasn't really, didn't suit me. What I did find was when I started studying something I really enjoyed and really wanted to do and pursue, my whole world and my whole vision on study changed. Study was no longer this thing I had to do. It was now this thing I wanted to do. Learning about the human body, anatomy, physiology, nutrition, exercise, movement, these were things that got my juices flowing, got me excited and made me want to look further into all these things.
1: So Adam, one of the things that I'm curious about to sort of jump into the nitty gritty of, of success and, and how to get you there is, you know, people have a lot of goals and a lot of things that they want to do uh, around exercise and food and self-care practices and things like that. Um, can you tell us from your experience with your clients, one, some, of the, some of the sort of common obstacles or, or reasons that people fail to stay on track with these, you know, successful life changes that they're trying to implement?
2: Yeah, for sure. Really, the biggest thing I've found with working with my clients is uh, a lot of them don't have a strong enough why. So, to give you an example of one of them, I had a client who was who yeah, an ex Paralympian. So he won the gold medal in uh, cycling and in soccer, and he came to me about he was three years after he finished competing in the Olympics, and he said, "Adam, I'm stuck. You know, I've got." no idea what I'm doing in my life. I'm depressed. I'm upset all the time. I put on weight. I've got no drive to do anything anymore. I'm just stuck in life. And we sort of had a good chat about it and we started to realize a certain pattern that started to appear. And that was that when he was competing in the Olympics, he had a very very, very strong why. And that was to win a gold medal in the Olympics. When he stopped that he had no reason to get up in the morning, had no reason to, to go ahead and do some exercise, had no reason to study, had no reason to eat well, had, didn't really have a reason to do anything. He just sort of expected that it would just continue a flow-on effect from the Olympics, yeah. which it didn't. So we had to establish for him a new why. So why do you get up in the morning? Why do you do what you do? And when you start to figure that out, and really find something that actually causes um, an effect inside you physiologically, so it causes you to get excited, you know, releases the the dopamine and releases the endorphins that make you want to get up and do things, then you will go ahead and you know, achieve whatever you're looking to achieve on a daily basis.
0: So, Adam. Um... I think we we're sort of touching on it now already but for those of people who aren't sure what exactly a wellness coach is I mean it, it's seemingly you know a relatively new phenomenon this whole wellness coaching thing and, and it's expanding at a pretty rapid rate you know there's see wellness coaches popping up all over the place but yeah. for those who aren't sure like what is a wellness coach
2: A wellness coach is someone that sees things from the outside in Okay so a lot of people find it very hard to figure out their own life when they're living it so, a wellness coach will look from the outside in and take on a holistic approach to looking at things. So, they look at you know they look at the the, the health lifestyle. So, the way you're moving, the way you're eating. Um, they also look at your stress. You know, what are you stressing about, and why are you stressing about these things? They look at the mindset and your belief systems and your values in life and the things you do. They look at why you're doing all these things in your life and what you're looking to achieve out of your life looking at the people within it and how they're supporting you or maybe not supporting you. So really it's the first job of a wellness coach or a holistic lifestyle coach is to figure out what you want to achieve, what you're currently doing to get there, and why you're not there already or on your way to getting there.
1: Adam, when um, when you do see your clients, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out um, at which, what stage should could somebody be in to realize that, hey, I could probably benefit from a wellness coach in my life now.
2: Yep, so what stage should they be in? Yeah. Really, it's when they're stuck. Mm -hmm. So it's when they don't really know the next step. Uh, To give everyone a quick tip, the first step is figure out what you want. Um, From that point, a lot of people think, okay, now I know what I want, how do I get there? That's where the wellness coach will come in or a coach in general will come into it. a lot of people, though, still don't even know what they want. I mean, a lot of my clients, I've got executive clients, athlete clients who play in the NBL. I've got clients who are, you know, stay-at-home mums. I've got a, a huge range of these clients. And a lot of them have always come to me and said, I don't really know what I want. So these people are actually stuck in life. They're just running, I guess you call it the rat race, or just living a, a monotonous lifestyle where they know they need something, but they don't know what they need. And the coach will sort of they'll come in and help figure that out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was on mute. Then I went to I went to talk and it wasn't working. So, um, so Adam, obviously, you've said the first step for people is figuring out their why, and, and I one hundred percent agree on that. I think that's that is the most important thing to start with. I was actually at a retreat on the weekend. I was helping people do exactly that, and. You're right, you can, you can tell when people get to that stage, can't you? Like you can just see it in their body, like you see the sort of, you know, the eyes gloss over a little bit, they start getting a bit teary, they start getting a bit emotional. Yeah. It has that real physical response and I think that's where you really need to get to is, is to figure out that why. But once you've got your why, you know, what's the next step? Or, or I guess probably before you come to the next step, what are the most common challenges you see with people in terms of their lifestyle, perhaps starting with diet?
2: Starting with diet, Okay. I think the biggest thing with diet is there's just so much information out there. I mean, there's you can go to any bookstore and you go to the diet section or the health section and I'd say 90% of the books are on what you should be eating, when you should be eating these foods, how you should be eating, are you cooking or not cooking. I, you know, there's, there's just so much information that we all get confused, I guess is the best word for that. You really got to figure out, so one of my modules that I speak about in my keynote is listen to your body. So in the way of nutrition, we really need to listen to our bodies and what our bodies are actually trying to tell us. I mean, every each and every day, each and every second of every minute of every hour of every day, our body is always talking to us. I mean, I'm sure that people sit, listen to this podcast, if you take a seat and you're sitting down, your body is telling you things straight away. Your body is telling you how your bum feels in the seat. How your spinal posture feels when you're leaning forward or sitting back. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? And when you eat something, your body's telling you straight away, yes, that was good. No, that wasn't good. Are you bloating? Are you? Are you do you have lots of energy still? Uh, are you feeling tired? It's always telling you these things. So I believe my belief system in the way of nutrition is listen to your body all the time. And when it tells you something, figure out why it's telling you that thing and how to overcome that if it's a problem or how to keep going with that if it's working for you.
1: And Adam, uh, one of the things I was, I'm curious about as well, from a sort of a mindset point of view, if you've got a client who has, you know, particularly uh, sort of negative scripts that they're running in their mind or ways of doing things that are subconscious that just seem to sabotage themselves, what are some tips and some sort of key principles that you work with your clients on to to try and uh, disrupt those negative scripts and and try to replace them with more positive ones?
2: Yeah, good question. Um, I think the biggest thing with a negative value or negative belief system is that people get stuck in the same thought process. So they're always doing the same thing each and every day and hoping things will get better or things will change. I mean, it's like Einstein says, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. What we need to start doing is doing different things and thinking differently about those things. So uh, I guess a good way to put it, if we could look back at nutrition again, is people always say to themselves, you know, they look in the mirror and they'll think I'm fat or I'm overweight or I don't like the look of this and they'll, they'll grab a part of their body and they don't like the look of it. What if you look in the mirror and this is something I do with each and every one of my clients, whether, again, they're an athlete or they're uh, a mom or a dad, or it doesn't really matter. But I get them to look in the mirror and ask themselves or look at themselves and say what they like about their body. So it's all a complete change of focus. And it's a quite a big paradigm shift. Even though they haven't changed at all, they're still wearing the same clothes, They still their body hasn't lost any more body fat, they look in the mirror and focus on what they do like rather than what they're not liking. And you see an immediate change in their, in their facial expression. And again, this is within seconds. It's not days or months. It's in seconds. The very first time I get them in front of the mirror, they look at it and they go, I don't like this. And I'll grab their, you know, their love handles or their underarms or something like that. And I say, okay, okay, we know what you don't like. Tell me what you do like. And I say, what, what do you think makes you look sexy? What do you think makes you look pretty or beautiful or, or hot or handsome? And they first get this little giggle on their face and straight away there's a mind shift. And then they keep looking at themselves and they say, oh, I like my eyes. Okay, beautiful. And then all of a sudden you start, you start to see their face light up and their eyes get bigger and their smile get bigger. Okay, now what else do you like? I like my butt, which is a common thing I actually get for some reason. And you just <laughs> and see they them. They like your butt. They like their butt. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure, they, I like my butt too. I'm not too sure, but they like their own butt in this, in this instance. Um, But it's quite fascinating to see like an immediate change. And again, I'm not talking weeks or months. It's like within seconds, their whole mindset changes. It's a complete paradigm shift. And again, it comes back down to what are you focusing on? And that's how easy it is to change from a negative belief system to a positive belief system. It's just what are you looking at? And what are you saying to yourself each and every day?
0: And so, as part of that change, Adam, I, I'm guessing that that once they start focusing on what they like, they they may also then start focusing on um, you know solutions rather than focusing on the problem as they probably are initially. Is that what you find?
2: Absolutely. I what I call I have a nickname for a negative mindset. I call it a full stop mindset, which means you know when you're looking into the mirror and you see something you don't like, all of a sudden your brain closes off of any other any solution or. Um, ways to overcome that problem. So when you're looking at yourself and you see a stomach that you don't like and you grab it and you go, I don't like my fat stomach, full stop. Your brain doesn't think of a solution for that. When you start looking in the mirror and you look at yourself as, I'm a beautiful person, I like the look of my eyes, I like the look of my butt, or whatever it's going to be, you start to think positively. And when you think positively, it opens up your brain to new options and new solutions. It just, I'm not sure the hormones involved in it, but... They start to release, and they start to trigger, uh, opening up the fighting system in your brain about ways you can overcome the issues you're going through.
1: I love that, Adam. I love that. You know, it's um, it's putting into reality that sort of esoteric term that your mindset creates your reality, and it puts it into real, tangible, practical things that people can do. And just to simply flip, <clears throat> flip that switch and. You know, where uh, where your attention goes, energy flows, they say. So Absolutely. Um, why not have it flow in more of a positive direction? And one of the other things I wanted you to touch on as well, because it's pretty prevalent these days in our society is, um, you know, like the, the impact that stress has on people, uh, you know, to the point where... Uh, you know, stress can also be can almost be an addiction these days for some people, and they don't even realise it. So, as a wellness coach, from seeing things from the outside in, um, what are some of the techniques that you use to to reframe that stress, perhaps to bust it bust it out a little bit, and um, give people tools to you know uh, find more relaxation in themselves? How how do you go about that with your clients?
2: Okay, great question. Again, what I so first of all, stress itself, like there's obviously lots of different types of stress and lots of different levels of stress. We need to know that little bits of stress is actually very healthy for us. So, you know, going for a, an, an exercise session at the gym is a stress, it's a physical stress, it's healthy. So we need to realize what stress we're talking about, and that is the unhealthy forms of stress or the, the overstressing about unnecessary things. Yeah, And when it comes to that, so let's look at an example of, again, we can look at nutrition. So bad stress here is, uh, to me, I'm a big believer in, in organic food, which I'm sure Brett is as well. It's you know eating non-organic food. You can look at it, and we, we're all smart enough to know this, that McDonald's is a high, high stress level on us. We all understand that compared to a a chicken salad, let's say. Keep it simple. So... The stress there itself is is um quite important to understand. Sorry, I've lost the initial question.
1: <laughs> that's all good mate. So, what are some what are some key principles that you work with your clients to help them find more calm to to relax that bad stress that's gotten out of control in their in their conscious mind in their brain?
2: Yes, yes. There's a a fantastic exercise I do with my clients and I've nicknamed it the happy map. So, what I get them to do is get a piece of paper, a nice big A3 piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And you split it up into a heap of different sections. The first section will be a label of five minutes. The next will be 10 minutes. The next will be 15, then an hour, then half a day, then a day. And what they resemble is in the five-minute section, you put in little different tasks or exercises or techniques that you know of that you can do within five minutes. Then the same thing with 10 minutes and same thing with the hour and the half day and the full day. So an example for a five-minute happy exercise you can do might be go for a five minute walk or do a five minute stretch or read a book for five minutes the 10 minute one could be the same thing but for 10 minutes whereas you look at a day one it might be go for a day drive in the hills for a picnic with loved ones or friends or family and by doing these things it takes you out of the stress environment putting you into the environment of happiness so there's the biggest difference between stress and not stress is the way you think about things, and what better feeling do, do we all want than happiness? Everyone one of my clients say, I want to be happy. Mm. And I'm sure every human in the history of mankind wants to be happy. So when I get them to design their own happy map, I help them if they need it, but I really want them to start thinking about what makes themselves happy. And they can start to implement these things when they start to feel stressed. Oh, I've got a spare 15 minutes, what can I do? Go to my happy map, pick out a thing to do, and go ahead and do it. And the response I've got from that is just, it's huge because it's really quite easy to do, but people don't really, they don't think about it in, in beforehand.
0: Yeah, I like that, Adam. <clears throat> and I think that that's sort of moving on to the next question, which is about, I guess, strategies for implementing this moving forward. So, I mean, you know, it's it's great for people to get connected with their why and often that gives them a lot more motivation as they move forwards. Uh, but, but I guess people might need some strategies as far as how they can implement this and Particularly, I think, how they can implement any of these changes on an ongoing basis and get long-term results rather than just having a you know a bit of a quick fix that then falls away again after a couple of weeks or a couple of months. So, how do people go about creating these changes and making sure that they're sustainable and, and lifelong changes?
2: Yeah, cool. So, I think the very first thing is the very first thing we touched on which was uh, finding a, a why, finding a reason why you get up in the morning and... When I do approach this with my clients, a lot of them do struggle. So I've created this other thing called a why-ish, which is it doesn't need to be exactly why. Just give me a roundabout reason because a lot of them think that when you create a why, it's in cement. Mm. Completely wrong. It it always changes. I think my why has changed probably twice today already. So you need to find a strong why, but if you can't figure that out straight away, find a why-ish. Why do you think you're getting up in the morning? And as long as it creates a bit of passion inside, you and get a bit excited. That's the main deal. That's what we're really looking for here. Once you've got that, you then need to do things that you're passionate about. And this is something that is quite sad around, geez, I could even say the world at the moment, is so many people are doing things they don't really want to be doing. You know, some people think I have to go to the gym. Well, if you don't really like it, don't go. There's other things you can be doing instead of going to the gym to lift weights. I mean, personally, I love it and I do promote it, but I'm not going to force someone to go to the gym if they don't really want to. What else do you like to do? I love to play soccer with the kids. Jeez, go play soccer with your kids. That sounds fantastic. What are you doing for work? What are you doing in your careers? I'm doing so forth. Okay, do you love it? I don't really love it. So there's, there's things you can do to create more passion in your life, and that is by doing the things you love to do. Uh, there's My story on this is when I was, throughout my whole life, I've loved basketball. It's been my love, my passion, uh, everything. It's it's huge for me. And when I was younger, I played, as I said before, for three basketball teams. Um, it was I devoted my weeks to it, but then I came, ACL injury, which is sort of which put me out and sort of ruined my career for quite a while, and realised I could no longer play. I gave up basketball for a long time, and I just had this empty hole in my body and my heart in everything, my life. And I decided I need to pick up basketball again. So I found a way to get back involved, and that was through coaching. So I started picking up coaching in district teams, and through that I just realised again my passion. I had this automatic drive just by picking up something that I loved doing, which was basketball, I had this automatic drive to go do more of it. And so I started coaching in Youth League Division 2. The next season, I was promoted to Division 1. I'm now doing the Premier League team. And this season, I'm actually working with the 36ers as well. So within 18 months, I've gone from nothing in my passion at all to all of a sudden, working at almost the highest level that's possible for me right now. So once you find your why... Have uh, start to create passion around that and you'll just find yourself automatically having a drive and a motivation and an energy to go ahead and just do these things. That's pretty cool, Adam, and
1: one of the, one of the things that I was, uh, I was really excited about when I listened to you speak is uh, you're one of those people that's just gone and done heaps of stuff, and you've done it at a high level, and I was like, that's pretty cool, and that was one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. I was, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, who, who you're sort of into at the moment. Obviously, you have um, development uh, of, of the self as one of your passions. Um, what, yeah. are some of the, what are some of the resources you're checking out at the moment?
2: Okay, Uh, so at the moment, I've got a book right in front of me. It's called uh, "Mindset: The New Psychology of Success" by Carol S. Dweck. Uh, That's quite a fascinating book. I just, I guess, the biggest things when I look for in um, mentors, I guess that's what you're looking for, mentors.
1: That's right. Yep,
2: is someone that aligns with me, someone that aligns with what I look for in my own life and what I want to achieve in my own life. So again, with my love of basketball, I, I thought, who in basketball, who in the basketball world has achieved everything? And I, I know of a, a coach called um, Phil Jackson. So I went out and bought three of his books and just started reading them and reading all the steps he took to get to where he was and uh, learned different lessons through all of those. And I thought, okay, when I was overweight, I, I thought, who can I follow that has achieved health and achieve fitness and achieve the body I want Um, this could be a little bit controversial right here but in the way of health I thought of Arnold Schwarzenegger now I don't do everything that he did to get his body but I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger is the the guy I want to look like I'm going to follow the things he did again not all of the things Um, follow the things he did to get the body he got so basically I, I look at my life and I think where do I want to go from where I am I pick that thing, so it might be health, it might be my financial situation, it might be relationships, and I think, okay, I'm going to find the person who is doing best at that right now and go learn what they did. Go, I guess the term for that is model what they did and how they got there.
1: And let's say, you know, people listening have heard all of this, they're like, yeah, cool, all right, or well, maybe I, I would benefit from uh, taking on a wellness coach to you know, reevaluate my goals and where I want to go in life. What can how, how do people know that they have a good wellness coach that they're looking to? How do they find one that you know that'll that'll work well for them? What are some of those things they can check out?
2: So the biggest thing is, I believe you need to meet your coach before they become your coach, because uh, with all my clients, I meet them just for a catch up coffee or catch up green juice to be really healthy, and we just chat. We don't talk business. We don't talk money. We just Talk. And if you feel comfortable with your coach, there's the big key. Because if you feel comfortable with someone, you're going to have more respect for them. You're going to listen to them a lot more. You really need to feel comfortable and aligned with the person that, that's helping you out. Uh, I think also as well, knowing that they have the same values as you, knowing that you know you can very you can easily tell when someone's incongruent mm. uh, when they they just sort of they're after the money or they're after. Your business or something along those lines. So when someone aligns with you very well and your values and your belief systems and uh, they really want to help you, you definitely know how to feel that we have that that sixth sense, I guess you could call it yeah. where we, we just feel that thing. Um, so I think it's very important that you must meet your coach before you go ahead and take them on as a coach.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. I can't believe we're out of time, Adam. Um, can you can you tell us uh, perhaps a little bit then about where people can find out more information about you like you're uh, you know, online and, and so forth?
2: Yeah, I'm currently actually creating a new website, but my old one is still up and running. It's at www.adammurphy.com.au. Um, there's a bit of information on me there. Otherwise, with the new website up and coming, there's a lot more information. But for now, uh, it's quite easy to reach me at Adam at adammurphy.com.au on my uh, email account. And I can just have a chat with you on there and send any information you're looking for and maybe even organize a a catch up and have that chat that we just spoke about.
1: Yeah, ripper, mate. And also uh, Adam's on Facebook as well as Adam Murphy Coaching. uh, And he's also on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. He posts some pretty cool and inspirational stuff on there. So if you want to wrap your laughing gear around that, go check that out. Um, but Adam, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing those uh, pearls of wisdom for, uh, for, from a wellness coach uh, perspective. We hope that you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Remember, you can join the conversation by liking That Paleo Show on Facebook uh, and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide.